<laughs> You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I guess you were wondering why I called you here today. I've been wondering that all day to my own house. Someone in this room is a murderer. Oh, good. I've been waiting to, for you to call me out on. Wait, or, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wait, what are you? Well, that just put an end to that plot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was you, right? Okay. Okay, good. Uh, I knew it wasn't me, so. Well, why are you trying to be coy about it? Because I'm dramatic. Okay, well, you know now I'm, I'm definitely going to kill you. Are you a butler by any chance? Um, I have been known to butt uh, around. You, you buttle? I, I buttle. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not the best rebuttaler, but uh, I no, buttle. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. We don't even have like a murder mystery today, so I don't know where that came from. Uh, oh, do kind of, sort of. Yeah, do we? Yeah, remember in Marty when... Uh, no. <laughs> No. When Ernest Borgnine uh, killed that person with a, a no. tire iron? The, the only mystery there is, how toxic is this guy? <laughs> oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're here for Digital Noise. Joining me is Sir Dr. Wright Sulek. At Lord also. Oh, Sir Dr. Lord Wright Yeah, yeah. Remember that? A lot of plan I have. I feel like we need to add another one now. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. X, uh, uh, what is it when you're a lawyer? Xwire? No, Xwire. Jesus. X- Esquire. Esquire. Yeah. Wow. I... Sir Dr. Lord Esquire Wright Right. Sula. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hi, hi Chris. <laughs> nice to be here. If you guys like digital noise and you like listening to Wright on here, you should also listen to a show that we have regularly coming on the site called Trash in the Can, where he gets together with his good buddy Eric and a guest, and they just take the fuck apart some of the world's worst movies. We do. If you like How Did This Get Made and probably eight other uh, podcasts that do the exact same thing we do, <laughs> you'll mildly like ours. Oh, no, but there is a difference. There is a difference. Yeah. There's a big difference. Those we... guys are funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Y'all are hysterical. Now you're the killer. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> and I do, in fact, buttle. So, yeah. <laughs> I've been known to buttle. Known to buttle. From here, you buttled definitely a couple of days ago. It's that thing where you realize you think back to when, like, all those times that you actually saw me buttling and didn't put it together, and then you <laughs> drop your coffee cup on the floor in slow motion, and guys are buttling. You look at the pieces, and it's like Buttle Incorporated. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I should have known this entire time. It's Buttle so say. It's a Buttle so say. You walking down the street, and all of a sudden you're in a tuxedo, <laughs> holding a glass, like hello. That's, no, all that's of a stupid. sudden, I'm roller skating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What are yeah. we doing here today? Uh, a lot of stuff. I just want to give a, a heartfelt 
like, thank you for everything you did to Olivia Newton-John. I passed away recently because I was a huge fan of hers growing up. She was like my, literally my goddess. I didn't believe in God, but I believed in Olivia Newton-John oh, from yeah. Xanadu. Mm-hmm. I had her poster from Xanadu in my closet. Keep the light on. And so I'd pray to Olivia Newton-John. I'm not even making this up. You're, you pray. What did you pray? Like, what was your prayer? Like, what did you say? Usually that she would appear in my bedroom and have sex with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so that's what killed her. And this is this is how I know there's no such thing as God. Because <laughs> it never happened right. And I was all over that shit. I'm sorry. This must have been a devastating time for you. But yeah, she she will be definitely missed. Uh, yeah. She was a, a great actress in a few things that I've seen in her. In. She was an okay actress. Yeah. But she had charm that went for miles. She yes. was a tremendous singer. She was very much beloved, uh, you know, Across the world for her efforts uh, for breast cancer uh, awareness. Oh, and a really? Lot of different things. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, very, very good lady, and I, I definitely she was a, she was a big deal to me growing up. So obviously, you prayed yeah. to her for God's sake. Funny is like Xanadu. I know it's not a good movie on any technical. Level, oh no, we know. Right? But I watch it like once a year. I love it. It gives me the chills. It's got my one of my favorite bands of all time, Electric Light Orchestra, doing the soundtrack. Hello, which is a great sound. No one shits on the soundtrack, right? You can shit on the movie, but yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. shit on the soundtrack. Right, right, right. It's a solid soundtrack. It's got the guy who was like my idol growing up, Gene Kelly. Oh yeah, yeah. He was my idol. I. Oh. I tap danced for like seven years. Dude. You tap danced yeah. for seven years? Yeah. Well, I did too. I, I mean, like only for like years. seven days. But, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Did the little girl from the ring come and get you when that was over? No. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, my sister and I were forced into tap dancing because my grandmother tap danced. Actually, uh, I think a lot of my family members no, did. I loved it. I saw singing in the rain and went, uh, I want to do that. Hey, that's, that's admirable because as a kid, it sucks to tap dance. And like, if you're not into it, it's it is just like near torture because you're just like I don't know how to do this I have no rhythm I love it I just made it up as I went along I was like I was at a wedding and I went out there and just started fake tap dancing I didn't know what I was doing and they were like <laughs> maybe we should get him lessons so. this was like two years ago <laughs> <laughs> yes I was a little the year was 1693 <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging out with the ancient ones and I said hey what if I you know clicked my feet around and made some music out of it. <laughs> Back then, that we, sounds like a good idea. Yeah, Chris. Back then, we just wore the skulls of our enemies on our feet, <laughs> <laughs> and the chattering with the teeth. Yeah, yeah, of course, works well. Anyway, we should actually review some movies and I television so. shows, well, right? I don't want to do this. Ah, right uh, yet you're here. Well, you know you want to do it. You love this. Mm. This is your whole life. This 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 round is uh, there's some misses and some some hits. Yeah, there's some good hits in here. There's some good hits. Yeah, but we're gonna start with the one that Wright thinks is a miss, and I think is a hit, which is the animated series three-part animated miniseries produced by James Wan for HBO based on DC Comics Aquaman called Aquaman King of Atlantis. Yeah. And this is very much a... Dumb thing? No, no. <laughs> it's fun. It's like a... I, I just was trying to... I'm trying to figure out the other night and someone else was like, oh, it's like that. I'm like, yes. And I've already... Adventure time. It. Adventure time. Yes. It's like Aquaman Adventure Time is sort of what it, it is. is. It's very spastic and crazy and, yeah. and really goofy. And it's... I, that's the thing. I, I know we've had this conversation before about like, you know, no review it from your point of view, like a league of super pets, like yeah. review it from your point of view, not as a kid. Yeah. And this one, like, I, okay, then it sucks. And a kid must love this. Cause yeah, I, I, I had such an awful time. I was this. like, I didn't even want to watch this. I mean, look guys, I know some of y'all are like, man, don't shit on Aquaman. He's one of the original superheroes from DC and all that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's hard not to shit on Aquaman. Aquaman sucks. Yeah. They, they do make fun of the character in it, yeah. uh, which is like, they constantly take his, uh, uh, what is it called the 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 trident, trident. Yeah. and uh 
And that's funny uh, after the fucking fourth time that it happens. I thought it was funny. Uh, but um, I mean, if you like this type of animation style, that's what turned me off because I was just like, I. I can't like hardly keep up with who's who because their faces change wildly. I mean, to be clear, this isn't Harley Quinn where they're like going, here's all the DC characters. And no. we're doing this very adult take on it. No, you know? no, 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 no. It's no. not that. They're, no. Like I said, this is Adventure Time mixed with the Aquaman. Right. Uh, completely. And they've got Cooper Andrews, who's probably best known for playing the character Jerry in The Walking Dead as Aquaman. Uh, uh, Jillian Jacobs as Mara, his like love interest. Yes. Uh, uh, who's you know, got the second most amount of like voice time on the show, probably. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Lennon plays Volko, who is the well, I think William Defoe plays William Defoe's character. The, yeah, live action. And I love film. Thomas Lennon. I think he's great. Oh, he's terrific. Yeah. yeah. And then Ocean Master, who is you know the Aquaman's biggest villain, uh, is by uh, played here by Dana Snyder, who's basically mainly a voice actor on like Adult Swim properties. Uh, Dana Snyder is near and dear to my heart. I love oh. that man so much. Squidbillies is that the one for you? No, Aquatine, he's, he's fucking Master Shake on Aquatine. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Like I, nothing is funnier than an arrogant idiot. Yeah, uh, and he plays that so well and as Master Shake. What he's doing here, he's like they're not playing him as a threat at all. No, he's, he just steals a train and like get me, Aquaman. He's constantly like I'm gonna be king, and then Aquaman easily kicks the you know wipes up the floor with them and he's like god damn it yeah <laughs> kids if you're listening to this uh aquaman kicks the fucking shit out of uh ocean master over and over and over again yeah, in and terminable there's times. another villain here too the scavenger uh it's like a russian character uh who's oh yeah by andrew Mor- morgato here who's been mainly worked in video games uh and a few animated things he was like cliff jumper and bumblebee if you saw that Oh, no, I did not. It's actually pretty good. I heard it was okay. A a guy who really doesn't like the Transformers, like, at all. Oh, sure, yeah. I think all the movies are dog shit, but Bumblebee is really pretty good. I heard it. Like, everyone, like, put up the shoulders, like, "Eh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, the, what's the one with the, the goofy robot that you were showing me the video with Predator attacking him? Uh, Short Circuit? Yeah, it's Short Circuit, but with the Transformer. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I love me some Short Circuit and Short Circuit 2 with all the brown face involved, too. But, oh, I'm going to get canceled. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but Aquaman here is like he comes in and no one likes him in Atlantis, even though. Because he just gets the throne immediately yeah. and everyone's like, what? Yeah. Okay. They're like, but Ocean Master was king. But remember how good things were under Ocean Master? Yeah. And they weren't. But it was like, I mean, it's obviously a little bit of a poke at like people who are still defending Trump in like even though with all the shit he's right exactly you know it's like what do you are you paying no attention at all that's i i feel like the there's two different things that are going on here like again animation or just cartoons if you like these two then you'll probably like this show and fine but like uh (laughs) adventure time and kind of spongebob definitely with like the townspeople where they're just like clap uh, they're, they're ridiculous and have like all types of designs of the characters yes, based yeah. on sea creatures and of right. various types. And uh, it's just, I, I just, it's also super long. Like, cause each episode or chapter is like 45 minutes. I'm like, we could have got this down to like What's 20 it? minutes. It's not very long. It's it a, was over it's two hours. Series. Oh, over two hours, a whole television series. It was, it, it was, was so long. It was so long. I, uh, I'm sorry. I just, I've talked about this before, but like, I mean, I have to really, really want to watch an animated movie, and uh, and this stuff, I'm just like, it's a little too out there, and also too meta. Like, I, I can, 
almost see how surreal it is compared to like Ren and Stimpy, which is my jam. Sure. But that was just so gross and ridiculous where I'm like, okay, well, you earned the surrealism in here. I'm just like, what are we, what are we doing here? And you said you didn't like Adventure Time either. I, I Yeah, I just I don't care about it. Yeah, I, I liked it. So maybe that's why this appealed to me, didn't to you? Because I thought this yeah. was unexpectedly charming as fuck. Yeah, again. Yeah, again. <laughs> that's fine. We're not going to argue about that any longer. That's we'll, fine. We'll, we'll move on to a movie I think we both agree more on, which is the remake of Firestarter. We were originally supposed to review this in the theater, and they were like, yeah, we're not screening this. <laughs> oh, really? They didn't yeah. let? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, they, they were just like, yeah, we're not doing it. There was that talk of a screening, and they're like, we're not screening it, because it got such bad reviews. I mean, obviously, the original version of film came out in 1984. Uh, the novel uh, of the same name, obviously, was it came out in 1980 by Stephen King. Yeah, called Carrie. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, although this could very, be like same universe. You know oh, totally. I mean? like, yeah. Feels like I'm always been shocked he didn't tie them together. I was shocked how much it was like, wow, I think Cronenberg uh, watched this before or read the book before he did uh, Scanners. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there were other stuff, like, Brian De Palma did a movie called The Fury not that long after Carrie and before Firestarter. Oh, yeah. That very much has, like, a similar, like, there's an institute with people with psychic powers, and then oh. everything goes terribly wrong. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that is fucking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the original film was directed by Mark L. Lester, not a huge name, but he did, you know, the all-time classic Roller Boogie in 1979. Oh. <laughs> okay. And he did Commando, which I unironically love i don't care i have to admit i've never seen commando Dude, commando has got maybe all of the best schwarzenegger one-liners in it. i yeah i've seen all the clips of him yeah. just like where it's like you should blow some steam yeah dad uh, dad jokes left and right like, but funny isn't that the one also where it's like, it's like you said I'd, you'd let me go he's <laughs> like i lied <laughs> you're like okay i don't know if that's a pun or anything it's just i think he's just stating he lied yeah i don't know but uh, anyway, the point is, they were like, we should remake Firestarter. Uh, and I get it. Like, King really likes the book. Based I'll on be Stephen honest, King's masterpiece. I've read most of Stephen King's books. Not all, but most. I'm actually yeah. reading from a from a Buick 8 right now, which I had never gotten around to before. Oh, yeah. Pretty good so far. Mm. But uh, this was always one of my least favorite of his books. Sure. Yeah, I know. People love it. And I'm like, yeah. But also, I'm the guy who thinks Pet Cemetery is deeply overrated. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're the one out myself like that. But I'm like, okay, I get it. I love the premise of Firestarter and I love the way it really gets into the whole, like, yes, there's this secret societies with who are giving agency, experimenting with giving children type telekinetic and psychic powers. And, you know, I love that shit, man. One of my favorite horror novels of all time, Carrie and Comfort by Dan Simmons, is kind of that's the same setup as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. And this just never works in any version of it for me. And here you've got like Zach I mean, Efron is the dad and Zach Efron is the dad. I like Zach Efron, you know what I mean? I like, like him. I like him okay. And yeah. I I thought the girl I don't know what her name was. Um the uh, uh, little girl? Yeah, yeah. Ryan Kiera Armstrong playing Charlie McGee. Alright. Um sounds like a joke name. Like someone goes, I'm Charlie McGee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Stephen King's masterpiece King's uh, chuck <laughs> <laughs> but uh i thought the, like they're all like okay um yeah. and i also love the actor uh the native american actor who um he's oh, michael the, gray eyes yeah he yeah. is he, so good in everything always, that he does he's always good but here he's just kind of it's not that he's bad it's that it feels like they just don't know what to do with them and this is a lot closer to the original book not mm-hmm. a lot but closer to the original book yeah than the previous film was um 
even then it's like it exposes all the weaknesses of the book and the things I didn't like, especially with his character. We're like, oh, this guy's a straight up villain. And there's this point where he's supposed to be like more understandable. And I just don't buy it. I'm mm. like, uh, you didn't sell me on this. I'm having a well, hard time they, going there. They didn't earn it either way. That's the that's the problem with the character. Yeah. And because uh, I, I never thought really he was ever that menacing because I also thought like a lot of points like, oh, he could just easily die because yeah. like. Uh, what's it? Firestarter? It was uh, super powerful. And uh, and so was Zac Efron. Yeah. Uh, just like, well, what is he doing? Yeah, the idea is like even the parents, because the child's super powerful because she's from two parents who had been given the treatment and have their own powers. Yeah. But they're like, she is like way, 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 way more powerful than they are and destructive. But the thing is, she's a little kid, so she didn't have much control over it. Right. right. She's just Jean Grey, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. But if she was like eight. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it, like I, 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 it was fine. I like it was just it was kind of okay watching Dude, the, it. The hatred for it, I thought, was a little ridiculous. That was a like, little ridiculous reading all about that. I was like, and I, when you know, finally watching it for this, it was like, oh, I mean, it's just more forgettable. Like, why, why are you bad? Like, because why is the hatred so much for it? Where like were that that many fans of the book? They're like, you, you just fucked it all up. <laughs> I think it's, and also the original one wasn't good. I I compare it. I'll compare it favorably to the original and go. I might even like this a little bit better than the original, but sure. I didn't like the original. Right. So I'm like, uh, it wins by default. I keep going to people go. What you like Firestarter? I was like, go back and rewatch Firestarter, dude. Yeah. Like maybe you haven't seen it since you were a kid or something. Like go back and watch it. It's not that good. No. You know. The, and this is not that good. But you know, whatever. I I just kept. <laughs> I kept our, our reviews like. Meh. I kept going. Oh, here's your route to make this really good. And then they go the other, they take the other path. And I'm like, eh, okay. It's just, it's just odd. Uh, cause you see these movies every now and then with like an established actor who is in a way, not to say that Zach Efron is not good or like, yeah. uh, you know, lacking in his career right now, but it seems like he's slightly slumming it in this. And, yeah. uh, I'm I mean, like, I get it. King right now is having kind of a renaissance and especially right. with adaptations and stuff. Sure. And obviously not all of them worked. I'm looking at you, Dark Tower, but like, you know, <laughs> I like, oh, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he definitely is having a sort of let's adapt everything Stephen King did. But it's yeah. always been like that. Yeah. But it, it, there was a period where they weren't and now they're doing it again. And it's like full on, Just like oh, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it. As long as we get a few good ones, I'm, I'm, I'm good. That's the thing is like, he has so many stories and books out there. He's like, wow, there's like, and they'll just start remaking them as they have now. While we've been reviewing this, he's written two novels. (laughs) (laughs) It's only been 17 minutes. (laughs) Yep. He was taking a shit at the time. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm, going to go. This is a, a miss unless you're just deeply obsessed with the whole idea of Firestarter. I mean, if you like the, if you never liked the original movie, but you really like the book, you might like this one more, honestly, because yeah. it is closer to the book. Sure. But either one, I don't know, man. That's just not me. So I don't know what to say. I didn't think it was very good, but it's not awful. It's just, it's, meh. it's not awful. It's a, it's a very passable, just like, you know, I don't, was this on Apple or Amazon or Hulu or something like that? It was released VOD. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely like a direct to video feel, which yeah. is unfortunate because again, you're just like, oh, Zach Efron, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, they th- it was Blumhouse, and they thought the original plan was a big theatrical rollout, right? And yeah. And they saw it and went, uh, it's like, oh no, I hope Bad Girl's not as bad. <laughs> but don't worry, we're still putting out the Flash. <laughs> no matter what, no matter what. Hey, he just killed a guy. It's just, 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, uh, went, he went back in time and killed Marie Curie. <laughs> what is what is going well, on? Apparently, because like polio has been popping up everywhere. So oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah. 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 So I think that's what happened. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, there is an alternate ending here, which is slight. I watched it, which is not like it's like Va- faintly different at best. <laughs> Uh, stop! Stop hitting the, Sorry, the mic thing. I, uh, what I are you doing? Really, uh... There's 20 minutes of deleted and extended scenes, which again, eh. there's gag reel, which is actually the the thing I, I enjoyed. It's only a minute, but I enjoyed it more than the film itself because it's fun watching this little girl break up laughing and stuff. Like, yeah, okay. I watched that. And then there's a couple EPKs here. Uh, yeah, eh, meh. Don't buy it. Yeah, I would say don't buy it, but I will say maybe what you should buy is, especially if you've never seen Edge of Tomorrow, dude, Edge of Tomorrow fucking rocks ass. I'm sorry, this is, I, I, I am shocked by this movie every single time I watch it, uh, and I've seen it a lot of times now, and watching it. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, 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 um, Actually, before you gave me the the 4K, 4K release, um, I just watched it like a few weeks before. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow. Because yeah, I was just like, I was bored. And I was like, you know what? I haven't seen this movie I know in a I'm going to have fun watching this. It, it's, it's nonstop Dude, fun and greatness. nothing you can't apply the Groundhog's Day formula to and make a good movie. I, 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 I'm hard-pressed to think of a thing they've done it with that didn't work. Well, I, I think that uh, it's it, it works most of the time. I can't think of anything when it doesn't. Yeah. But there's that like... That immediate reaction is is just like oh they're doing Groundhog's Day again yeah, okay yeah. but and I'm, this works so fucking well and it also still proves for how problematic Tom Cruise could be in real life he is still so good at just being awesome <laughs> in movies he's and a what, movie star he's a movie star and what I love about this too he starts off as a uh, an, an asshole yeah and it's like a very rare uh, well, like that's one of my only issues with this film at all though. Is what really well yeah because yeah all right, so the premise is it's uh these aliens that called mimics they arrive in, on an asteroid and asteroid and, and they do this sort of previously on edge of tomorrow that you didn't see where it was like, right oh, right here's like they've come they're crazy fucking violent and almost unstoppable uh they're taking over almost all of europe uh they've got this global military alliance that is only starting to be able to fight back because they developed these super mech suits and in uh Verdun, France, apparently they managed to stop uh them moving forward because this one badass who is played by Emily Blunt uh basically in one of the suits just starts kicking their fucking ass all the way back to you know their planet and they're yeah. like whoa and she's this big hero and she's a symbol of join the military the angel of her dawn yeah that, yeah exactly so we see tom cruise as uh major william cage uh he's been called from america to england and he's like rotc guy he's a pr he's a pr person for yeah. the army yeah. yeah which you know there's nothing wrong with that no right no. i mean like he comes in the game yeah, pr person and uh, the general's like well we called you in here brendan gleason because we're gonna put you on the front lines of the next big push and he's like what are you fucking are you crazy you do realize i don't have any combat experience of any kind i'm not that guy yeah i'm the guy who i'm really good at my job i help sell the idea of the war and they have this thing where they're like oh no he was making shit up i'm like no no that was the 
that was just to tell like that like he gets dropped in the front lines and everyone's like oh we heard you're a traitor and a deserter and you like posed as a soldier when you're not and you're like that would never fucking happen why would you even do that why pick this guy there's never one reason in this film why you're like why they said we're gonna pick this guy out and go we're gonna fucking dump you in the front line they never make that clear and like clearly the whole thing oh you're not actually a soldier isn't actually true he's just a coward right yes yeah he's a coward right and you're like morally you're like oh well he's a coward he's gotta learn not to be a coward because it's tom cruise but in terms of like Following the story, I was like, this makes no sense at all. Well, I mean, also there are aliens in the movie, so, you know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so he's dropped off there uh, with, a, God bless him, I miss him so much, Bill Paxton, his master Sir, Sergeant oh. Farrell, oh. who's like, you know, come on up, douchebag. Yeah, and, he's like, it's, it's your time for a reawakening or something like yeah. that. He's he's Everything he says is like, oh, God, now I want to watch Aliens. Yeah, right. It introduces him to his like team he's going to be going into this thing with. And he's like, help, please, someone help me. I don't want to. I shouldn't be here. What's going on? I don't even want to do this. Like, he gets dropped off in there. Shit goes horribly sideways almost. I mean, it's basically D-Day Normandy type thing. You know, it's like there's just shit going crazy everywhere. All the people, people he just met are killed immediately. Exactly. And like. This thing comes where a big, the big weird alien that doesn't look the, like the others comes the out. Alpha. And there's a you know a little bit where you saw earlier one of the guys who gets killed near him has like uh, the the grenades that you like you go like oh press this part forward to explode and he's like grabs it right as this big alien's coming at him and then lands on it and explodes out at the alien who melts all over him and melts his face really graphically yeah. and then bang he's back right when he wakes up having been dropped off at you know, the the the, uh, the, the base. deployment base. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? So yes, Groundhog's Day. But turns out Emily Blunt is there and he's like, I need to talk to Super Badass because maybe that's why she's a super badass. And right. sure enough, it is. But here's the thing, that experience that he's going through right now of Groundhog's Day, like you, you'll keep doing this every time you die, you'll come back. Uh, it might have a limited period of time that you get to do it. Yeah, because he starts to have visions uh, of like where the uh, the the home base is for the aliens, mm -hmm. and they explain. Uh, I forget the uh, the British actor's name in the movie. Um, uh, uh, Noah Taylor. Noah Taylor. He and Emily Blunt there are the only two people that like know about this. Yeah, and they're explaining is like once you start to see the visions, that's where they're getting closer to find out where you are, and like once. Something happens to you if you basically, you know, don't die on the battlefield or in any circumstance yeah. and you get like just a transfusion of blood, the whole thing goes away. Yeah, if you are really injured, kill yourself. Yeah. Because don't even take a chance that they're going to bring you to the hospital because that will end this and you're the best shot because yeah. you get to keep doing it again and, and again. And it changes back time for everyone. Because the aliens, that's how they keep winning and how they're so powerful because they do that. Yeah. But the, when this happens and you kill one of the big aliens like that, you steal their power for a little while. Right. And like, okay, this is a cool concept. Also, there are problems within it, too, if you're looking too hard. But you know what? Who gives a fuck? This is nonstop fun. It is such a blast. Yeah. And, and like Tom Cruise is, he earns the not being a coward anymore. Yeah. And uh, he's like slowly becoming a hero and a badass himself. And there are, there are moments in the movie where they like take a break. Because what, what's, who's the director again? Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman. He's made some movies I adore. It's so so good yeah. uh gattaca all that stuff too uh, go is my favorite. go is great I'm just talking about that today the, god is so good the way that starts with the the remix of uh of uh, uh oh these boots are made for walking yes oh my yes god, i love it <laughs> but uh but 
there are like there are moments when um you get to see them kind of like just have conversations and building their character and it's just so well done like tom cruise and emily blunt have just great chemistry together yeah and uh and like the moments when you do have downtime, you start to realize as an audience member yourself, you're just like, oh my God, this is not the only time they've done this before. And uh, it's great. It's just nonstop fantastic. No, it is really, really fun. And yes, there are moments you're like, that doesn't make sense in the bigger picture, but you're not going to care because it keeps you entertained all the way through. Yeah. The effects are terrific. The designs are cool. The monsters themselves are like the squid things in the Matrix, except they tunnel underground and come up at you. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, really they're pretty cool. creepy. Um, but, you know, Emily Blunt is also really, really good in this. She's I great. love Emily. I have a huge crush on Emily Blunt, partially because oh, of how talented she is. But she's beautiful. I'm like, so jealous of John Krasinski. But also, he's John Krasinski. You can't not want to hug the guy. Oh, you know? yeah, I know. He's just so lovable. I saw just... a thing with him today where he was talking about he apparently was one of the first actors they tried out for Captain America. Yeah, that's and, right. And, like, so he was on a talk show. And he was, like, literally starting to take off his clothes to put on the outfit. And Chris Hemsworth comes walking down the hall wearing pretty much just his underwear. And he's like <laughs> immediately starts putting his clothes on because what dude wants to be na- half naked in the same room with a half naked Chris Hemsworth, right? Because you're like, uh, well, just that I opening, look like a twig. Because <laughs> I think he was also pretty lanky. Like when he when he got that Jack Ryan show, yeah. he just like built like bulked up like oh, yeah. crazy. But nobody can bulk up like Chris Hemsworth. Good know? God! Like that first Avengers movie or the first Captain America movie when he comes out of the the thing, yeah, uh, the tube, and then uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, oh God, what's the actress Haley Otwell? And yeah. she's like kind of almost fondling him. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I would too. Yeah, yeah his yeah. his pecs are crazy. <laughs> I'm heterosexual pretty much all the way. But come on, man. I mean, like, this is a work of art. Yeah. You're, you're just like, if you're, they were like, go ahead, touch Michelangelo's David. You would, right? You'd, you'd touch it. You'd be like, uh, just, a, just a squeeze. I'll also tell a story sometime about why all those statues had tiny dicks. There's a reason for that, but I'm not going to do it here. Oh, There okay. actually is a real historical reason why all those Greek statues Next had tiny dicks. Next time on Digital Noise. Yeah. yeah you'll have to ask Secrets me. revealed. Anyway, uh, there's the extras here are just the previous Blu-ray extras. Uh, yeah. There's nothing new. But this looks, this is a movie that looks terrific on 4k holy shit it looked great yeah well worth owning really highly recommended but we're gonna go into a little indie film that took me like came out of nowhere called mondo cane yeah fascinating little movie like really really fascinating little movie uh that i i just didn't know what it was and when i hear movies with cane in the title like or mondo whatever not cane but mondo yeah they're they're usually documentaries about exploitation type stuff yes yeah in the history of it right yeah this is not. This is a narrative film. So I'm actually not entirely clear what the title is all about here. Uh, it's the the main kid's name. It's oh. it's a, a oh you're right you're dog right. world. I yeah, think yeah. is what the Mondo Kane uh, means. Where is this? Like, because I was trying to. F- oh, Italy. It's in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what Mondo Kane means. Th- this is post apocalyptic, but it's like Ish. an environmental in uh, like. Thing, like yeah, a lot it's, of it's almost like the future of crimes of the future in a way. Yeah. It's like, what's really wrong here? <laughs> so it's like these two kids, uh, Mondo Kane, which is dog translates as dog world, and uh, P- uh, mm-hmm. uh They're one of them uh, is has like severe uh, epilepsy from time to oh, time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they want to join this gang of like badasses called the ants that are in this town. And nobody yeah, it's a, fucks it's a with. bunch of kids mainly. And then one and a, a few adults. Yeah. And the the leader is this like crazy badass guy, but it's yeah. just like 
He could turn on you in a heartbeat, and he does not mind like hurting a kid. Testaculpa. Uh, yeah, the authorities want him. We follow the cops to some level as well, especially one female cop is like trying to do this. But everything is corrupt. Uh, you know, everything is false. Society is right. de- decaying. And there's like a little town nearby where just the very, very, very rich live, the, and the kids like will like sneak into it, and yeah, out and stuff. But they want to be part of the ants. They get into a position where they're kind of allowed in with one. They're like, yeah, yeah, come on. in." And he's like, no, I'm not coming in unless you bring my friend with me. And uh, that's yeah. Dog world. Who's the, the more sympathetic one, even though he was invited first, but they don't want to take his friend who has epilepsy. And that kind of flips the story a little bit where the kid with epilepsy, he has like, he's starting like, I got to prove myself. He's the one who's like, you know, fuck our long lasting friendship. I want to be like the right hand man of the boss at this. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's a coming of age story that really resembles and like you you said it as well like City of God in a weird Italian post apocalyptic scenario. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a Gamora and a City of God mixed together, but with yeah. uh, like some uh, there was a, like Australian movie that came out a few years ago where it was like it was like the end of the world was happening later that day kind of thing, and this guy has to like save this girl. Like it has that feel like re- super grungy and like hyper like saturated colors and it's just like everything looks like it's on fire a little bit and it's weird like the post-apocalyptic level of it is not the primary focus the no cr- a crime thriller is the primary it, focus, yeah yeah for it's, sure it's definitely way more city of god than anything else oh yeah uh but these great performances by these kids here man i i can't like some of the things they do in the movie is like holy shit like italy has some of the best kid actors in the world <laughs> evidently this is crazy like the, uh yeah italy and brazil i guess have the best like child actors imaginable i really enjoyed this it's a bit of a slow burn but not really slow it's not like, too slow it's just it's depressing yeah it's very sad no yes. question about it uh and dark and there's moments that kind of remind me of like peck and paw stuff even in here yeah. there's a lot of influences going through this i've never really watched anything that i would directly say it's just like this obviously city god is god is as close as we've, we it's the coming. closest thing possible but it's a, a really interesting little film and i believe that this director here this is is pretty new if i'm not mistaken like mm. this is a relatively early film for them but it definitely makes you go i would watch I, I would make a point of watching whatever they did next. Yeah, yeah. It has it like a really great, uh, that person has a really great eye. Uh, Alessandro something? Uh, Sely? Sely? Yeah. yeah, it is uh, their directorial debut. God damn. Yeah. It is like, yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not the greatest thing in the world by any means, but uh, it's a great like first feature and just has a, a really interesting... Um, focused on these two kids it's it's that's the thing that like i guess city of god uh misses out on slightly even though city of god is a fucking masterpiece oh yeah but uh this is where it's so much more intimate and uh and focus on the two kids and uh and their relationship and them like growing and you know whatever happens um but god yeah it was it threw me for a loop i did not expect this at all i thoroughly recommend it honestly i i thought this was kind of refreshing yeah i didn't know what i was in for at all when I started watching it. And by the end, I was like, man, really glad I saw that. I kind of wish I had seen it with an audience. Yeah. This is definitely like one of the, like South by this would have been something there. just yeah. like, and everyone would be like, holy shit, what the hell is this? And, and honestly, the, the cover sort of is misleading because yeah. it seems so much it's like more apocalypse now or it, something. Totally. Or, yeah. or just something like the whole world's on fire. I'm like, well, no, not really. Is it though? Is it though? Yeah. But it's, um, it's a really interesting take on dystopian futures and just focusing on two kids having to live through it where like the world's not ending. It's just like, well, if the world has already ended, 
what does society do? Yeah. No, it's like that soft end of the world. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a soft pause. To be fair, probably actually the, the way it's going to go. Which, yeah, so. this is like the most realistic dystopian future. I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, that's going to suck. Yeah, the world doesn't die with an explosion. It dies with a whimper. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, shit, there's water everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like Waterworld, which was the most realistic apocalyptic film ever made, as we now know. <laughs> Can't wait for those gills. I'm drinking my own pee. Okay, except for that part. Well, no, I mean, who doesn't? But, you know. <laughs> what do you think of drinking? <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to move on to the next one, which is a film called Monstrous. Uh, Monstrous is, okay, this got on our list entirely because I have never gotten over my affection for Christina Ricci as Wednesday in the Addams Family. Sure. She was so great in that role. And yeah. I was like, you're great. I'm going to watch anything you do. I think you're terrific. And she did go on and do some really stuff I really liked. Yeah. You know, her, her star definitely fell. There's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, at this point, she is uh, doing films for a production company that is you like what's it called it's called chicken soup for the soul productions yeah chicken soul chicken soup for the soul entertainment yeah what who the fuck names their company that that puts out horror movies but this company keeps putting out horror movies they do and, and i've seen a few of them and uh they they're, they're not they're not, not good they're not good no, no no they're not good for the soul and i'm like wait who is running this company <laughs> i think it's a christian-based company is it maybe i don't know i mean because well, aren't they all the chicken soup for the souls like no, I books no sort of new agey I don't know. I mean, I, I never read them. I never read them. I, I don't have a soul. I, I was like, what the hell is this for? I was reading Stephen King and pissed off at Firestarter when these things were coming. Well, out, see, so. here's the thing. I also thought that this was based on the graphic novel, Monstrous. And then as soon as like, uh, oh, wait a minute, this is not it. That's unfortunate. <laughs> so, yes, I admit, Foldman, so I'm like, I just want to see Christina Ricci do something great again, which she did just recently in the Showtime series Yellow Jackets. That's her biggest, most high profile, oh, yeah, she's amazing in performance yeah. recently, really worth watching. This. Mm. Okay. And the next movie is uh, uh, this is set in the 1950s, where she, uh, Laura, is escaping from her ex-husband Scott. Uh, she's taking her seven-year-old son Cody uh, away from the situation. She is driven out to the middle of nowhere. I mean, this is where it starts. We don't even see the husband here. We're no. just like they're they're they they're on the road when we meet them, and they've moved into this. Ridiculously, insanely huge house for a single mom with a kid who has no income. I'm it's like, like the, it's happen? the 50s. It's the 50s. Everything costs like 50 bucks, right? Right. And, yeah. And uh, <laughs> she's uh, like, oh, we're going to make this work. And she's very 50s. Like she's trying to be the perfect fifties mom, the 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 uh, leave it to Beaver mom. Yeah, she's like you know uh, trying to put together recipes, listening to radio, uh, and like you know and watching TV and commercials. Like this is what you do as a nice housewife, and blah 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 blah. She sent, use this right detergent. She's sending her son to school, making lunch for him. She's working at a company doing a typing job. I mean, it's so fifties, right? I know what irked me just real quick, a little you know tangent. Uh, when she I. What's wrong with crust? Crust is fine. Crust is great on sandwiches. Oh, no, I understand because I knew a lot of kids who were this way. A lot. Oh, there was like, like no, no crust. Crusts. Yeah. And when I was watching her cut the sandwich, I was like, you're wasting so much. Yeah. Uh, it was driving me crazy. Well, she was overcutting the crust. She was overcutting the crust. Yeah. I was very hungry watching you this movie. You should have taken those crusts and just fried them and then you have like a cool little appetizer. Hey, man, See? I think I just came up with a good idea. You came up with a really good like, idea. Like do that and you just fry them and serve them in a restaurant like fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich crust. You know, that's such like a, a, a bullshit uh, like oh and these cost twenty dollars and they're twenty bucks <laughs> and there's four these artisan uh, crust yeah you just like dip it uh, mm. I went to a restaurant where for an appetizer they seriously had 
fucking Funyuns, but like displayed and they had like a little aioli that you would dip them in. It was like probably eight dollars. So it's like, such a scam. It is a scam. And I, I realized, like, oh, wait, I hate Funyuns. No, no, wait. They were artisan Funyuns. <laughs> we handcrafted these <laughs> these Funyuns <laughs> straight from the Funyun trees. You know, to be fair, like the history of the world's most expensive foods right now were almost all trash foods when they started. Yeah. Like lobster. Lobster. Yeah. Crab. Caviar. Caviar. Yeah. yeah uh, ceviche. All these things used to be like, no, this is for peasants. Yeah. Because it's fish. Everyone was yeah. like, oh, fish is all everywhere. Yeah. Like, well, not anymore. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Salmon <laughs> used to be so overserved to peasants in England. Right. That they would get into contracts with their owner and go like, okay, we'll keep doing this, but you have to reduce by two days a week that we get served salmon because we're fucking sick of salmon. I'm like, who does that? Anyway. Anyway, sorry. We're off topic again. Gosh, those, the past was so good. (laughs) They were just, all the peasants were being served lobster and salmon all the time. Renaissance festivals were exactly what the Renaissance was like. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, (laughs) With significantly less sex you'll actually get to have despite your expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so everything seems fine-ish at first, but then the sun starts saying, there's a monster under my bed, now there's a monster in my room. There's a monster in the lake. And then the sun is like, oh, wait, no, the monster is fine. I like the monster. Let's not worry about the monster. The monster is my friend. And then mom's like, wait a minute, what? So we do get to see basically some degree of this lake swamp goose ghostly monster early so presumably it's a real thing it's not long into this movie before you're like okay this is one of those everything is not as it appears movies yeah and the twist is so ridiculously easy to see coming yes and when it even if it wasn't when it finally happens you're like Uh, it's a, that is that is a egg drop soup for the soul right there because yeah. uh, when that happened you're just like oh god damn it Th- this this again and you know there's a lot of I I could see the director and the writer just saying like there are clues there are clues and it's like oh yeah because if I say this it might like spoil it but like the, let's just say the way the people talk yeah. uh, and it's just like eh, okay and um. But it's also the the ending is kind of out of left field, mainly for like what happens to one of the characters. You're like, oh, okay, I guess I see what's going on. But I I, I honestly believe it was just all based on the budget. And then um, it's like I see people all around me, but they don't know they're in a bad movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's um, and this movie is a slog too. It kind of is, and I think Richie's. Doing her damnedest to deliver. She's doing her damnedest. But there's just not much to work with with material here. No. I mean, the kid is not too shabby. He's not bad. He's fine. He's fine. Uh, and everyone else in it is just like, you know, your local community college play actors. Uh, just like, who the fuck are these people? And uh, I don't know. They just, you could tell it's like super low budget. It's shot well enough with the budget they yeah, had. It's not incompetent or anything. No, no, no. And the monster is not terrible looking. A little CG. A little CGE. But, uh, but there's, there are moments where it's like, oh, wow, that doesn't look too bad. Uh, well, I mean, I was paying attention to that more than anything else. Cause yeah. it's like, okay, I already know what kind of, I'm getting myself into just like the way that some of the shots are set up. And then I'm like, oh, the monster doesn't look terrible. Well, we're going to move on to something that you, I think is your favorite movie of the stack. I'm just going to call it, which is. Oh, my God. Hell High. Oh, my God. The 1989 slasher film, which I, when he told me, he sent me a text, right? It's like, this is like godlike or whatever it was you said. You, were like, f- you were like, I love this. And I'm like. 
really? I like I I would like I get a lot of stuff. This is Arrow re-releasing this old eighties slasher film, and I was like, all right, this is better than a lot of the eighties like obscure slasher films that I get sometimes. Yeah, but. It's not like fantastic. It is fucking fantastic. It totally threw me for a loop where (laughs) it, it subverted all expectations of what a slasher movie would be. And it's a, it's about, um, an, an ex football star in high school who then gets in the wrong crowd. Uh, and this, these kids are just like running amok or just like just trying to pull really bad pranks. And the leader of like the, the shitty kids is, at first, I thought he was a jock too, but he just wear he was wearing like a Letterman jacket, and uh, and he, this guy is like one of the best like villains I've seen in I looked like a long time, like such a just an interesting villain, and he just wants to get the revenge on this poor teacher. He's just the lead bad biker in Greece too. Come no, on. he's not. He's totally, he has so much more nuance, and he's <laughs> so much more interesting. And uh, <laughs> goddamn, like. Uh, and the teacher's story at the same time is really interesting where she's going through like PTSD because of something that happened at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, oh, it her a child. She had some fucked up shit she witnessed. And you're like, is that the same person? Well, of course it is. Yeah. Uh, but who's like hot teacher, but the kind of hot that you're like, oh, when she takes off the glasses and lets her hair down, you realize she's hot, hot. Yeah. You know, uh, but she's wearing glasses and her hair in a bun. She's like, oh, she's like a matronly. Right. Uh, and they're like, we should go to her house and fuck with her. Just scare her. Yeah. But. But they don't realize how close this bitch is to breaking. So. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it just it it throws everything upside down where you just you think the kids are going to be like the bad guys. You're like, oh, shit, it's not this is not it at all. And and it's not like a high body count of a movie no. either. No. And uh, and that's why I thought it was very interesting and fun. It Like it never let off the brakes at all. And the main the ex-football star is Benicky, Ted Benicky from uh, Breaking Bad. What? Uh, really? Yes, it's his first thing he's ever did. Oh, okay. I watched all the behind the scenes stuff because I love this movie so oh much. My God, I had no idea. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's fine. I, I was not as crazy about this as you were. Um, I, it reminds me of Class of 1984. Sure. Um, yeah, for sure. But you're right. I mean, it definitely. If anything, I have to say good about this. If you had been watching this when all these films were coming out and there was just this endless parade of like mediocre slashers in the wake of Halloween and Friday the 13th. Right. This is one that you'd be like, wait, what? Like like uh, April Fool's Day or something where it was like, oh, this one actually did something different for once. It, it did. And and I can also see how if you were in the mood for just a straight up just like like slasher uh, 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 front to back, this is not that. No. This is very different. No. And uh, and I think that even the title of it, I think they're, uh, the, the original title of the movie was supposed to be like, Big Trouble or something in, something like that. I forget what it was. Big Trouble in Little High School. And uh, and Hell High is actually a really shitty title. Yes. And uh, and it... it Inappropriate. You, it's, well. it, yeah, yeah. It's just like, wait, so is this about like the devil or something? Or like, is, like people getting killed off and I was like, no, no, that's not what it is. Uh, I, I could not recommend this enough. It was, it was so, so good. I mean, to be clear to horror fans, it's not very graphic at all. There's barely any visual gore or anything on this there yeah. is a certain amount of nudity if you're in it for more of that sort of thing like the the teacher in question gets naked on a number of occasions oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. As, does, peeping. as does the bad girl who's just there to fuck who's, anyone who's, who's awesome everyone in the movie is great there's such like interesting different characters who no one's like has the same voice everyone is starkly different you're far from the first person i've seen that 
is really into this and i was like i don't get it i thought this was just okay at best Uh, but you know slasher films are not my forte in horror they're not my favorite thing mm -hmm. uh and they're probably of horror genres my least favorite sure i'm like eh I mean, I appreciate you're trying to do something different, but this is still pretty bad. Uh, this this is, if we watched this on Trash in the Cam, this would have been something like, what the fuck? This is a good movie? Well, maybe you should do it on Trash in the Cam. I Game. think we will on Trash in the Game. But Arrow put this out. Uh, there are three different audio commentaries, one of which is uh, with your guy, Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, um, I, I watched that. I, I watched big, the intro. Big defender of this film, but he yeah. has a full commentary for this, as well as you said, an intro for it. His interview with the writer, director, and co-producer Douglas Grossman. Mm-hmm. His interview with cinematographer Stephen Fearberg. Berg. How do they find these people? They're all still alive, except for the uh, the bad kid. Yeah, uh, he di- this was he died very young. He died uh, like three or four years after this movie yeah. was, was made. Was it even that long? I didn't even think it was that long. It was it was uh, just a little bit longer after that. Yeah, and he died of AIDS. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it, that's. Anyway, there's there's a whole lot. There's so much interesting shit about this movie. I went down a rabbit hole with this movie. It was an interview with the actor Christopher Cousins, interview with actress Maureen Mooney, uh, fe- uh, a feature with the composers of the music. Really? They must be like, are you serious? Are you seriously going to pay us to do this? Okay. The music was not that bad. I know. I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying still. <laughs> uh, back to school, the locations of Hell High. Yep. You know, again, really? Uh, archival <laughs> interviews with the director and the co-writer. There's one deleted scene, but it has no sound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, alternate opening titles, trailers, and TV spots, and as you said, the Joe Bob Big Briggs inter- introduction. It's fine. I mean, I like it better than a lot of these, like I said, but still, I don't get the appeal. It, it's. I think it's technically one of the best movies ever made. Wow. <laughs> wow. Speaking of which... <laughs> Man, with all the stuff you do with your your side project there, your trash in the can, your cute little podcast, uh-huh. your adorable little podcast. Yes, it's adorable, charming little podcast, it's charming, so cute. It's it's great. We're yeah. we're yeah. adorable. We we have little you know jokes here and there. It's yeah. all very cute. Yeah. I mean, jokes in quotation marks. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, some people have told me there are jokes. <laughs> uh, the the deaf community has told me, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> told me there are like, jokes. Oh, if I could hear what you're saying, I think it would be. Funny. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, okay, I'm always hoping that something I'm going to get sent is going to be like the one that you're going to be like, oh, we got to do this. Yep. And you were just going through a stack that I gotten sent. And you're like, what is this? The, the the cover got me. Yeah. The Necrophiles, which has like this obviously just a. It's a little toy baby. Toy baby it, doll yeah. that's covered in fake blood, just sort of hanging from even on the cover of visible fishing line. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and it's over a little cemetery. And I was like, oh, my God. This sounds like it's for me. And I was like, oh, God, I wasn't even sure I was going to watch this fucking thing. But now that like the <laughs> right. Is and like, God came down and says, no, you must. And this is like this company, Wild Eye releasing, who's putting this out and I'm like, this is, I think they're kind of new. We recently reviewed one of their other films, uh, in the last show with John Golson called a bloody muscle bodybuilder from hell, <laughs> which is a complete, like just shot on video. It yeah. looks like shit, zero budget, Japanese, complete ripoff of the evil dead. Like, oh really? Yeah, I mean, just that's all it is. I mean, it's even with the guy going groovy at one point. Really? You know? Yeah. And wow. It's, it's that, and like, there's a point where, like, I was like, I don't know what John's gonna say because this isn't good, but it's got a lot of charm at the same time. Where you're kind of by the end a little bit charmed by the fact that this group of like nobodies put this together out of sheer love of the Evil Dead and like right. made this thing, and we both were like. 
Yeah, I kind of like this a lot, actually. We gave it pick of the week, even. Really? Yeah, where we were like, yeah, I mean, this is obviously not for everyone, but, you know, it's a weird thing that is well, I'd heard of before. It's yeah, all yeah, been, yeah. You've touted for years as the Japanese Evil Dead. And you're like, huh. and the original Evil Dead is super low budget and kind of shitty looking, but, you know, supersedes all that to be like a fun, exactly. weird yes. movie. And this isn't anywhere near as good as that no but i was like okay well now the necro files <laughs> wait hold, hold, you're supposed to say it like this the necro <sighs> files the, yeah it's the not necrophile like like you know it, it's necro files <laughs> like x files or something right which i do appreciate the title yeah like that, that's another thing that got me i was like <laughs> that's again it's that's funny it's a 1997 <laughs> shot on Super cheap video from my mom's VHS right. that was uh, taped over from The Simpsons uh, by this director named um, uh, Matt Jasil. J- Jasil, I don't know. Oh yeah, name. I looked. I I I looked at his uh, filmography and uh, it's uh, not fun because he's done three of these. Yeah, no, and one of them is one of the extra features on it. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't watch that. it. I didn't watch oh, it no. I'm going to go back and watch it. I am not. Because I kind of like the necrophile. What's wrong with you? This is... The- okay, look. I am. I was wrong. I was wrong to assume. I judged a book by its cover, and I was fucking wrong. This is not fun. And I see how it is, in a way, oddly earnest, because these are just a bunch of group, uh, a group of kids. They just want to make a crazy horror schlock uh uh horribly Com- graphic comedy horror I mean, Co- comedy horror straight for sure. up say def- decidedly going for comedy horror they're definitely going for comedy horror but uh it is gross it is like it's basically if terror firmer or, or if trauma team like vomited on itself no, no no it's totally like if you love trauma films yeah you should see this you, this that, is exactly. probably up your alley and i do not love trauma films i i don't either i kind of like this better than trauma films that's crazy it, well, partially because it was just so I don't give a fuck. And trauma films are more like, well, we're doing the best we can to make it like, you know, better than it looks. And this is like, no, we're not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have they have nothing. All they have is like, well, we got some boobs and a, a, oh, a baby doll. Boobs. A lot of boobs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Bush. It's <laughs> just like, what is going on and here? Like they called up every stripper they were friends with. And we're just oh, like, I need you to come into this film where you played a character. You play a character who gets raped and then graphically torn apart and eaten by a zombie. They're and like, they're like okay. sweet, I can't wait. Let's yeah. do this. And there's like pegging in this film. And there's lots of oh, like yeah, that's right. BDSM stuff in here, which is, you know, fine, whatever. Yeah. It's part of the whole atmosphere of this thing. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's like this guy who's a horrible rapist who the movie starts with him really brutally raping and murdering this girl. Right? Yeah, it's, it, it is right out of the gate. It's kind of like, okay, this is the movie. It's like, oh, strap in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and like very graphically and not like in terms of penetration, but like, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, but lots and lots of nudity and lots and lots of gore. And then two cops who are like the worst cops in the universe. It, you know who <laughs> they reminded me of? Remember the movie American Moving? 
Yeah. Okay. It reminded me of those two guys, those two guys? if they were the cops in I this could, movie. I could see that. They show up and they're no, like, No, it's, it's COVID. It's like, we finally caught this killer. And the one cop, for no reason, is like, Fuck it. I'm just going to murder them. You know, like, I was like, Wait, what is happening? The other cop's like, Come on, dude. You know, you like, you need to deal no, with your you stress better. You can't do this, man. You can't do Why are you doing this, man? You need to learn to deal with your stress, dude. God, you need to take yoga or something, man. But then for no reason, there's like a satanic cult that's like, we're going to raise this like oh the, yeah the know, evil gonna, spirit which is the the rapist who was killed raise the rapist up by sacrificing the baby that like they impregn- was the yeah was the baby of the woman that he raped at the very beginning yeah I think. At the beginning yeah. yeah yeah and you're like okay and uh, um, <laughs> and it, it's not a baby it's a baby yeah, doll it's a baby doll and like oh we do this and then we bury the baby where he's buried and then he comes back but he does come back and immediately starts killing the satanists and there's two satanists well, who are like i'm just in here for the tits uh, yeah you know, the, I'm like, <laughs> and you also you know very very quick because at the very beginning of the movie you just think it's like kind of an inept movie yeah and then it is kind of an inept movie well it's definitely inept yeah. but like you just thought it was like oh they're just trying to make a weird like uh, uh awful like horror slasher movie with a lot of rape for some reason but then when the whole satanist thing come up and then the lead satanist is like and of course a part of the ritual is you have to piss in the grave of the, the like the uh the the like, killed oh, baby that guy's dick is getting ripped off yeah, yeah and yeah. it's just like and then he starts pissing like oh okay this is what it is okay i mean I was not sold on this at all. Like, oh, I'm just putting up this until the point it's- where the baby comes back. Oh, man. <laughs> and then the baby's I would, back. And then I just <laughs> laughed through the whole rest of this movie because they did not give a fuck. It is literally a cheap ass plastic doll baby. They on a little. Co- they've covered the muck. Yeah. With always visible fucking fishing line string. Fishing line string. Yeah. They just have moving real fast across screen. He's like flying around. Killing people. And, I bet you they and they say that voice is like. <laughs> yeah, I bet they stole like the same kind of uh, sound effects from Brain Dead uh, or Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Right? Uh, and they're just like, nah, and it's like going around like. Whoa. You know, I mean, the thing is, like, I love a good gory film, even if it's super low budget, and all the gore here is just so ridiculously obvious of like how they did it. It's like there's no technique or anything. It's like it, it was, we all, got a bunch of intestines from the butcher. And, yeah, like, but it's also like a lot of like theater gore in yeah. a way. Like you're like, oh, they have it in their button. Up. Like everyone's wearing a button up shirt. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, no, it's coming out. And uh, <laughs> and it's it, again, I do understand in a way it's oddly charming. Yeah. Uh, no, I, that's the thing. By the end, I found it oddly charming. Sure. And I know that's hard to say with a film literally lousy with ra- like graphic rape scenes in it. <laughs> But it's just so absurd. There's literally scenes where someone is, there's a scene where someone's being raped and you can see them laughing, like on screen, where I was like, okay, they're laughing. And I'm like, this is, at no point is this disturbing because you're like, this is so dumb. Yeah. It's just, you've, again, like you said earlier, if you're down with trauma, then you'll probably like this because you're crazy. Uh, So pick of the week, right? (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 I don't like being proven wrong cause I'm always right. And, um, mm. and so I, I, you know what actually what really infuriated me about this is that I was oddly bored hmm. through a lot of it too. That that's what made me angry. It was like, why do I not care about this more? Because it is ridiculous and insane and it seems like it's right up your alley it's, it would seem like it's right up my alley but i was just like i was getting bored 
And uh, and I just I could not for, wait for it to stop because because that's the problem with it is that it was becoming extremely repetitious. Yeah. Is that like it's like all right now the zombie rapes another person now the zombie rapes another person. No, like, I don't what disagree the with fuck you. Fuck is going on. I mean, on? what saves us to some level is the cops and how ridiculously awful they are. Yes, I I was actually wanting more of the cops because I was trying to think of like why the fuck are they in this movie? Like, what's the yeah. point of them? They keep re- they have these things. They're in the car and the one guy is like who shot that serial killer in the beginning is gradually going more and more insane. And he's like doing coke and drugs all the time he's like holding up like, uh, no, no, drug just, dealers uh, just have a cold it's a nasal thing yeah and i kind of love the more like the dopey uh, uh a partner who's just like man you've changed man <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's like i i just kind of love their banter because they're terrible actors oh, yeah everyone is terrible everyone is awful and that that's the other thing too is that like there are a few people that like it definitely felt like they got the joke, but there's a few people I'm like, I don't know if they know what this is. You know, it's this is weird because this director, this is clearly his high high watermark because he made two sequels to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, as I said, one of them made in two, 2017 called Necrophiles 3000 is on here, which is about a, a hour and two minutes, which I have not watched, but I am going to actually go back and watch it. Oh, God. The third one, they just uh, have the trailer for. But there's like a commentary with the director. There's a commentary with Matt Desidario from Horror Boobs. That's a real thing. Horror uh, Boobs? Yeah, that's a show. Yeah, That's horror a boobs. show? Yeah. Is that a podcast? I think it's a podcast. And then Billy Burgess of the Druid Underground Film Festival. Don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, ch- uh, another thing, I, I feature chat with the director. Um, uh, a bunch of his early Super 8 shorts. The weirdest thing is there's four minutes of the, a Chilean talk show reviewing the film and there's no subtitles <laughs> why is this on here i did not see that that's crazy and then there's 20 minute uh epk of sort of uh, the making of called dong of the dead oh my god which, you know full points for that right there that's that's not bad you know i i don't know i found it kind of weirdly charming i'm not going to go back and rewatch this but it is a movie that you go like oh we're having a party a bunch of people here I'm just gonna low key. Shove it's this it is. In, I so. totally know what you mean. Yeah. It's like if you're having a house party and then there's like a TV on. The right kind and of it, people there. Yeah, yeah. or it doesn't really. Well, yeah, it's not like you know you're sort of in cocktails or something like that. Yeah. Everyone's drinking shitty beer yeah. and just getting way too drunk, and all of a sudden, you're like, why the fuck is there a baby go, is, flying around? What are you watching? Yeah, it, like uh, like Jackalope on Sixth Street. Yeah, like this is the type of movie that we playing there all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the people hanging out at Jackalope were in this movie. <laughs> Just a bunch of dirt bags. Uh, the next film was called The Righteous. This was released by Arrow. It's directed by a guy named Mark O'Brien, Canadian actor and director, who also plays one of the lead roles here. He's best known for playing Tom Rendon in Halt and Catch Fire, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but it stars Henry Zerny, who is himself a relatively well-known actor. I, I was remember from Exorcism of Emily Rose, Fido, and the Ice Storm. Uh, Mission Impossible 1. Oh, yeah. Mission Impossible 1 as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he plays a former priest who clearly he is upset about something in his life. He's praying to God for penance. Yeah. Uh, he and his wife, Ethel, are their lo- young daughter, Joni, has died recently. Um, his colleagues are telling him hey maybe this is a sign of god telling him to rejoin the church like god would kill my daughter to tell me to rejoin the church really yeah like fuck this jesus christ but he's angry at god about all this anyway so um there's a thing where they're visited by their friend doris who apparently was joni's birth mother uh and it's very 
freaked out and upset and, you know, losing it herself. Yeah. Anyway, that comes back later. But the point is that this young guy in the middle of the night comes from the woods with a sprained foot begging for help. Played by the director. Right. Previous mention, mentioned. Please, please help. Uh, at first, they're a little bit suspicious, but then they're like, "Okay, come on, we have to. We're good people. We're gonna. He's gonna come in. He's gonna well, stay." He, in the he has this idea. Yeah, he's initially turned off. It's like, "Wait, what's going on here?" And I was like, "Please, just help me." I like, and just like, "Okay." But like, they start talking the priest and and this guy, and they start finding all these weird connections, and. The, the problem with this film and talking about it and reviewing it is you can't really say too much because it is a twist film. The problem with the film ultimately is the twist doesn't really work. Uh, not for me anyway. Really? I found it very artificial and not really, didn't really have a payoff. I I would disagree. I thought that the... the... But you didn't like the Necrophile, so who listens to <laughs> Well, So... I uh oh, that guy who didn't like the necrophiles? Oh fuck that. And like I guess the righteous bullshit. Um <laughs> so <laughs> um so I I liked it okay enough, but uh the the twist worked for me because it kind of I would say halfway through that there's a, a revelation that comes up about the 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 writer and director's character. Yeah, you're just like, whoa, what's going on here? Because it also plays with magical realism. No, it's fascinating until it just got to like, oh, I've seen so many other movies that did this better. Mm. You know, the whole oh, okay, so one of the characters in here is in fact a supernatural being. Yes, and I think or, that's, or I, not and necessarily, I'm like, and I go cool. And then it wasn't cool for me because I was like, yep, you never sold me on it. Not believing it. I, I, I dug it, uh, because of just how well the, uh, what's the, the, the older guy's characters or what's the older actor's Henry name? Henry Zerny. Yeah. The way that he sold it, I was believing him because of just how much. He's ang- a great actor. He's a great actor. Like it just how much anguish he was going through for his guilt. And, mm-hmm. and I had to like re kind of rewatch the beginning again because I was like, oh, that's what that is. Uh, it, like it, Kind of clicked for me uh, towards the end, and uh, the revelation about the, the the antagonist, I guess, in the relationship that the antagonist and the the wife had uh, together. I was like, this this is good. It's just it's a it's a slow burn. It's slow burn, very conversation based film. Yeah, because there's like it's like no money, and it's it, it, yeah, and it, it looks good. A very abstract surrealism here in order, but but like obvious, you know, none of the visual metaphor here is going to be lost on you. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think the cinematography is cool, but same time, I'm like, why is this in black and white? The whole film, it felt like a weird choice to make it in black and white. A little, a little pretentious even. It's a, it, I, I, I will say that it's, it's pretentious uh, for sure. Cause uh, the, yeah, there's not a whole, there's not a point of why shooting in black and white other than just like, I want these cool shots. I mean, I'll fully admit like because of who I am as a person, I'm just not that interested in stories about people with religious guilt. I'm just not that interested. And, you know, you and I have had this conversation personally, and maybe on the show as well. I do find those those stories interesting because, I, you know, I have to come at it as, you know, being an atheist and looking at it. I'm like, huh, this is 
interesting that someone would have this type of guilt based on something that I think is uh, absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Yeah, I mean, again, not telling you guys that it is. We're saying just in our opinion in the way we look at the world. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I uh, watching these types of movies, I, I kind of gravitate towards these types of movies because uh, I, I just think that they're really interesting because they, they these are people who steadfast believe in these ideas and and to work within the confines of the the religion and like the stories that it habits and all these the kind of things uh i think it is quite engaging uh or it, it also it ups the stakes because they the stakes for them are already so high because you're talking about heaven and hell like yeah. damnation and so it's like okay well for them this is this is like life or death and uh, and I I kind of like that stuff. I just end up scoffing. I'm like I scoff. I scoffing at your. <laughs> I'm scoffing at your thing. I have a hard time identifying with it. You know, I get I, it. I also kept reminding me of a I think considerably better film called Mr. Frost with Jeff Goldblum. If you've never seen it, oh, really cool little movie. Yeah, I don't want to say too much about that either because it would give away stuff about this as well. But mm. like I I was like, man, I kind of just wish I was watching Mr. Frost again. Sure. You know, <laughs> no, I understand. I, I think the 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 writer and director. I I've seen him in a, you know a few things he's before. Really good. He's really good in it, and he's very like menacing. Yeah. Uh, the way that he's portrayed, and yeah, but both menacing and sympathetic. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a really interesting character, and I uh, I really cannot wait to see him do something else, like write something else that's maybe a little more grounded, not necessarily magical realism esque. Uh, or religious based, yeah. um, but uh, for what he had, which is I'm assuming twelve dollars and some black and white <laughs> yeah, film, very inexpensive. Yeah, and uh, and with the the actors that were were in this, like he he pulled it off in my eyes. Okay. Uh, even though it wasn't like it, it wasn't the greatest thing in the in the no. world by any means. Uh, there are uh, there's a commentary with uh, the director and Spencer Jones. There's cast and crew interviews with pretty much everybody in here, as well as the editor, cinematographer, and production designer. From Grimfest, which I didn't know about, but now just based on the title, I kind of want to, the name of it, I want to go. Well, that and Horror Boobs. Yeah, That's Horror sh- Boobs. I want to know more about that, too. Yeah. There's a Q&A with the director here uh, that was uh, from 2021 at the UK premiere of the film. From Fantasia in Montreal, there's a stage presentation and Q&A from that. There's a radio silent roundtable. I don't know what that means, but with uh, everybody involved with this, uh, an original soundtrack and uh, stills is Arrow. They put together a really solid package, as yeah. they always do. Um, I think that this might be your thing. Honestly, if you like interesting, like low-key cerebral horror, this could be your thing. It just wasn't for me because of things that just because of my who I am as a person felt like there was a barrier. Yeah, I know. And I understand like there now because I saw this like, I don't know, three or three weeks ago now. Um, But uh, there actually there's a couple of shots. I was like. Oh, speaking as someone who would love to like, you know, direct more or, 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 or really shoot something like overshoot something that's like, I want a fucking dolly shot and all this shit. Um, he did something in that. I'm like, Oh, that was something that he really wanted to do. And he pulled it off in my eyes. Yeah. I, and I there's, there was a, a great, like him hovering towards someone moment. It was like, okay, that, that's, that, 
that that's effective. I like that. So our next film, I'm going to ask you to talk about the plot because it's been even longer since I've seen, which is the Sacred Spirit. Oh, fuck me. Uh, do, do you not remember either? No, I watched it in two parts uh, because I was bored. And it's another uh, Arrow film. I actually remember kind of liking it. I liked it okay. It's just like it. You know what it feels like? It feels like uh, oh, what's a Sacred Spirit. Sacred Sacred Spirit. Yeah. It's uh, as it were. <laughs> Um, a lot of religious stuff today. Um, yeah, that is weird. The necrophiles, us. righteous. Wait, uh, the necrophiles? Yeah. What? How's that religious? Uh, satanic cult? Yeah, you know, come on. Come religious, on really? Come on, come on. Okay. Um, give me a Satanists break. Are basically give me a break. Just atheists uh, who are like, <laughs> we really hate Christianity. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Let me, let me tell you what my experience was and then oh boy. I'll explain. No, no, no. Tell the plot. Tell okay, the plot. The, the plot. Okay. Okay. See, I'm challenging. I've had right, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, the plot is this? okay. Is a, it starts with the uh, the the story that there is um, a missing child. I love who the way is he's a just ch- like <laughs> you're just like the story is the plot is the plot is the thing that happens. the beginning and, and the then the there's the end and then there, like there's Bill, probably a middle. You sound like Bill Cosby. <laughs> Well, and then the, the children, and the people, and the book, the pills, and the people, and that. Uh, okay, so there is this whole thing about there are children missing. Drink the and- wine, no, <laughs> Sorry, no. Uh, and this is in Mexico, correct? Uh, I believe so. Yes. So um, there, there is a story that is going on where there are children missing, and one of them, of which is uh, the twin sister of one of the the lead girls, and the lead girls. Uncle is a part of this uh, crazy UFO cult. Crazy UFO cult. Uh, and so the the head of the UFO cult uh, inexplicably dies. Uh, and then... It's just old age. It's just old age. Yeah. And then the uncle becomes a de facto leader. And so what it reminds... The, the style of this movie, what it reminds me of is Napoleon Dynamite. It's all wow. very deadpan. Oh, just like, very, yeah. Yeah, and just like... I wouldn't have thought of Napoleon Dynamite, but that's interesting. Well, just very like static shots, people talking, no emotion. It's just like... and Because the whole story is ridic- ridiculous enough that like, the fact that they're so deadpan and matter of fact about everything well, is just like... Well, it plays into the whole everyone believes in these crazy con- religious conspiracies. Like everyone. Yes, like yeah. it starts with a shot of a little girl talking all seriously about devil worshiping organ harvesters yes and you're like okay what is this gonna be about yeah and um you know it's it's one of the few movies that um i'm reminded of of a like one right off the bat where like the movie itself like all throughout i'm just like like oh man this is this is not grabbing me this is this is taking a sweet ass time and it's not fun at all and uh and it's and quite frankly it's boring and uh <laughs> and it's it's not like incredibly funny it's just like the dead band pan humor every now and then is like it, it deserves like a chuckle and uh but it's one of the few times where the end was so like out of left field. I was it like, was. I was like, whoa. I was like, this kind of saved it. And and yeah. it's an ending that saves the movie. Like now knowing what it's about, it what the fuck it want what I want to do now is rewatch it to see if I like I'm catching anything. I mean it's a it's kind of a spit in the face of like metaphysic type stuff and like 
but conspiracy theory conspiracy theory stuff uh and, very and new like, age new stuff. age stuff for sure yeah, for and sure. uh like shitting on it openly yeah where there's this the, the main character who's the uncle who's this kind of schlub I, you know what throughout the whole movie it's like you know i could remake this <laughs> and i was like i'd play that character and then w- finally watching the end i was like oh wow that's an interesting character now uh because here's here's okay i'm not going to spoil anything Do, I, i'm going to ask this question to you and we'll see what we talk about where where do we go from here where do we go from here do you now that think all the children are growing up do you think that he knew or didn't know about what was actually happening no i don't think he knew you don't think he knew okay no. interesting yeah. good okay yeah i didn't think he knew either but thing is the ending of the film is ambiguous it's enough totally ambiguous yeah. That it is actually, that's why it lands. Honestly, every once in a while, this film does some incredible shots too. There's yeah, these yeah. moments where like, God, that's gorgeous. And then it goes back to totally static filmmaking. Yeah. It's so weird the way it goes back and, and forth. And just, just incredibly long takes sometimes. Oh yeah. Like the, the moment when his niece is going into the room with the, the guy to like the, the guy that has the, uh, the, the, the esophagus thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where he has the to trachea, hold the thing yeah. up to his the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that's a whole thing where he's just going he's just fiddling in the apartment. Yeah. Uh just like I hope this is worth it. My and it kind of isn't. Uh because mm. um, there's a child molestation angle in this that is disturbing. It's disturbing. I mean, not and, visually. You don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's just like, it, it it's like, definitely oh, comes fuck. out of left field yeah. and you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. But it's also the most realistic thing that happens. It's like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. I mean, this is a deeply cynical film about that feels like it's not for the first two thirds of it. And mm-hmm. then by the end, I'm like, oh, this film is like, fuck all you people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. I kind of with you, film. I wish I liked you better as a film, but I don't think you're a bad film. I don't think it's a bad film yeah. at all. I think, again, it's like, it's one of the few movies that you have to get through it just to get to the end yeah. for it to land. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, okay, you earned that. It's <laughs> it's not bad because I'm totally on the same page as you. Well, this has a, a it's Arrow. It comes with multiple discs. There's Beyond the Hot Eye of Horus. That's an Egyptian god for the record, uh, which Who? is uh, a visual essay by Alexander Heller um, that uh, talks about the film's emphasis on eyes, which because, you know, it's an Egyptian thing through a lot of this. So there's a lot of the eye of horse throughout mm. this that keeps appearing. Mm. There's a second visual essay called Pyramid Scheme. Egyptian mythology is a big part of this. This one's by Josh Nelson who looks into some of the other films by the same director. Uh, domestic science fiction is the interview with Garcia Ibarra, who, oh shit, who is that? I, I think it's the actor. Okay. Um, the main actor, the uncle? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there is behind- who's, who's great, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of behind-the-scenes bits. There's, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of little EPKs here, like a bunch of it. And there's a bunch of like weird little fake interviews with characters in it that were set up, I guess, for promotion, like a whole bunch of it called characters presentation. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch that part. No. Uh, Uninterrupted TV broadcast. Cause there's a bunch of things where like fake TV broadcasts about stuff on here. So it's like, okay, here's the uncut versions of Wait, these things. Was that even on that stuff? Cause this is the, we got the, Oh, I didn't give you the second disc. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was kind of like, I don't know if any of that stuff was on no, there. There is a second disc. If you got the limited edition exclusive that offers oh. the short films, 
by the same director, of which there is one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Wow. Yeah, exactly. This I, is a jam-packed I did not watch Blu-ray. But if this, uh, this is a guy, I'm like, I never even heard of this guy, but no. clearly is known. And this is an interesting enough film that if it had really hit me, and I could totally see that this will hit and stick with some people. Yeah. It didn't with me, but I kind of admired it in a way i do too. but if you're one of those people like, i'd be like oh wow this is a great keepsake it's, this it's guy. an interesting like point of view and uh and it's it's still well shot it's just like man you just gotta like hold on just hold on to it yeah until the very end and it, it's kind of worth it okay now this time i mean unironically what is probably your favorite film of the stack which is marty a 1955 oh my gosh american uh, well, romantic drama Directed by Delbert Mann in his directorial debut, um, who won the Academy Award for Best Director in his directorial debut for this movie. Crazy. He's like a regular Ben Affleck. Did he win Best Director? Best Director for Argo. That wasn't his directorial debut, was it? Oh, yeah. Gone, baby. Gone. Yeah, I was going to say. Never mind. Which, actually, I think deserved it more than Argo. Well, uh, uh, he's a regular Mel Gibson. Did he win Best Director for the... For Braveheart. That wasn't his directorial debut, I don't think. The Man with Two Faces. Hold on one second. You got nothing, do you? Orson Welles? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We're just going to stay on topic here. Um, (laughs) What I was really... uh, First off, like finding out about this film that starred... The star is Ernest Borgnine. And for the record, if you don't know who Ernest Borgnine is... You're going to see him and go like, oh, yeah, I've seen that guy because he's been in so many fucking movies. Oh, yeah. Hundreds of movies. Oh, yeah. But never as the primary character. No. Right? Like, he's never the guy. He's the sidekick or he's the drunk in a Western town or he's like, you know, he's that guy who's like comes in and plays those type of roles. Or he's the owner of uh, the team in basketball. Was he? He was. He chokes on a hot dog. But remember, this, he was with uh, uh, Jenny McCarthy for a hot minute in that movie. But this one <laughs> best picture, it was the fourth best of, actor, best screenplay, fourth American film to win the Palm Door. It won the Palm Door. Yeah. Uh, okay. This movie is great, by the way. It's kind of crazy. Like, and he never really had another big shot like this either. Like wow. the main character, because even as his character described the things, like I'm kind of fat, I'm not very good looking. Oh, he's he's a dog, fat and ugly. Yeah, exactly. Constantly throughout the movie, he's telling himself that. And you know, there's, and telling his his love interest, "Well, oh, you're a dog too." There's definitely a take is inarguable in this film that this dude by today's standards is kind of a toxic masculine type dude who's like, I deserve to be happy and get laid and get the woman I want. Oh, I don't know if I saw it that way. Oh, I totally did. Really? That is here by today's standards. Well, I mean, there's definitely... I mean, it redeems itself in the third act. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but there's points where I'm just like, dude. (laughs) I mean, I I think a lot of it where he is... He's an Italian-American butcher who lives in the Bronx yeah, yeah. with his mother. He's unmarried at 34, and everyone's like, why aren't you married? You should be married. Well, it's the, it's, the, it's the societal uh, idea that at that time, definitely in the 1950s when this was made, yeah. um, that like, well, you're 34, you're old as fuck. I mean, you would understand. You're 162. And so- <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I've been married 17 times. But. <laughs> so, which is crazy to me because- 
Here's the thing. He was, he's supposed to be 34 in the movie. He was actually 37 at the time, and I'm 37. And Jesus Christ, I thank Christ there is a God, actually, because I look way better than Ernest Borgnine did and Marty. By the way, this was written by Patty Ch- uh, Chayefsky, who is the only person to have won three solo Academy Awards for writing both adapted and original screenplays. Ugh. Do you know what else he wrote that won this award that you've definitely seen? You'll never guess. Uh, 1976. Fuck. Sophie's Sophie's Choice? Uh, Network. Oh, my God. Can you believe it's the same guy? I can sort of see that. It's like it's like back and forth. It's good dialogue. Uh, It's really good dialogue. The dialogue in it is great. I mean, again, I understand like the... The there's definitely some pro- you know how I was looking at it because like I'm obviously newly single but the thing is is that I was looking at it from uh, Dude, that was like months ago okay well <laughs> uh, for our fans uh, so there's a point okay, when he's Marty. Did- <laughs> there's a point when he's talking to the love interest on the dance floor and he's like well you know you look you're a dog and I'm a dog and you know we should be together or something or something like that and I was like oh dude what are you Doing, Betsy like, Blair, who plays the love interest, they're like, "Oh, she's totally like, like, like homely as fuck." Who was married to Gene Kelly? For, she's married to for Gene decades, <laughs> and, and you're like, Christ. who was a massive hottie and like really incredibly like like triple threat dancer singer like actress all they did with her is just like okay we'll put less makeup yeah, on you less makeup on her we'll give her a terrible hairstyle yeah you know and like she and, does and she, look, she looks like she's dressing in like kind of frumpy gear she's she a d- teacher she does look kind of homely in the film to be fair yeah but like he said mother's like you should go to the ballroom and hang out oh the starlight ballroom the or something like that and hang out with the ladies oh no 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 the tomatoes the tomatoes there's a lot of tomatoes i heard about and, and he's like okay fine i want to do this i'll do this fucking thing okay my uh, you want me to go to the starlight ballroom to dance with some people? Okay, fine, I'll do it. And then people will say I'm fine and ugly because then no one want to dance with me. That's what you want me to do, Ma. Just go home sad. And he's there with his even more pathetic friend, uh, played by Joe Mantell, who was like himself an nominated Academy Award uh, actor. Wow, really? Yeah, he was for this film. Really? Uh, yeah, for for this nominated for that. I mean, he was good in it. He was yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but why don't you want to hang out with Marty, me, Marty? Why'd you Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I met a lady. Instead of hanging out with me, with this dick, he's uh, like, "Come on, let's go to Seventy Second Street or something like that." He, they were constantly talking about going to Seventy Sixth Street or something with like that. that. Is somebody at this ballroom comes up to him, like he's like a handsome swinger guy. He's like, "Look, I got hooked up on this date I want to be on, so I'll pay you to go fucking come up and talk to her." And he's like, "No, well, I, well, I go away." Yeah, yeah, he's like, "No, I'm not gonna do that." But regardless, like. He sees this happening. He sees him going up to somebody else, and he's like, man, I feel so bad for this girl. This is terrible. And he ends up talking to her, and they kind of hit it off. They have a meet-cute, and they go out, and they're just talking all night, having that great, like, a, a what is it, before sunrise, beyond Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. before trilogy kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah like, exactly. It's, it's a one-day movie. It's a one-night movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not expecting that. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I dig this movie now. And it takes turns. You're like, are we really going here, movie, where you're like, oh, shit, maybe don't do this. There are moments I'm like, I'm not sure where this is going to end up going but i was like this 
I thought this was supposed to be feel good, and I'm feeling bad. Watching. Really? Yeah, because your moments you're like, dude, what are you doing, Ernest Borgnine? Oh, uh, well, because he's yeah. just such a schlub that he doesn't understand. Like, yeah. dude, she actually kind of like likes you, man. And also, because he has he has terrible friends. Let's just say oh, that. they're the worst. They're the worst. They're just like, hey, look at this jug. Oh, but I think that's the positive. I'm thing. listening to this new podcast called Hola Boobs. Out- <laughs> outside of it, <laughs> outside of him, I think there are moments that are definitely still toxic above and beyond that. Like in terms of like today's standards, not then standards. This also was 70 years ago. The third act really saves it. And the fact that he kind of is like, you know what? Man, fuck you guys. Exactly. Uh, And I was waiting for that. Because I didn't know that it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more of like, you know, they're going to go through the whole relationship. And it was like, you know, this whole thing. But no, it's like it's all like a one night thing and uh and he's out with the guys and the guys are like with that dog you want to hang out with her what the hell's Why, wrong you wanna, with you you want to want to hang out and go bowling you're gonna you want to bowl and put, put your, your dick, dick in a bowling ball come, come on, on. <laughs> so he has finally the epiphany he's like fuck you guys and i love that that he did yeah. that because that seemed progressive and uh <laughs> <laughs> it was for the time it was for the time yeah and uh and i love that it does um uh, bookend of the things that people are like, oh, Marty, why aren't you married? You should be ashamed of yourself. And he says that to his buddy. He's like, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're 36. You're not married yet. What the hell's wrong with you? And he's giving the call. I'm like, Marty, Marty, what are you doing tonight? There's a whole song about how he's not getting laid. Why the fuck are you not getting laid? Marty, put your dick in anything at this point. It doesn't matter. (laughs) You're 34, but you look 58. It's the 50s. You can marry that hamster. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like, for God's sake, Zern is more night. And, like, he's perfectly cast for this. God damn. Like, uh, I, I was... Uh, n- n- not to throw any shade. It's not shade at all. It's like... Uh, I was no, talking. we are both, like, today's Ernest Borgnine. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Thank God we're older. Well, actually, I guess I am Ernest Borgnine uh, in Martin. Like, we got we got a trade on our, well, I'm very sincere and honest and, and nice and I, I can be very charming and edges. funny. But, you know, I'm not built like fucking Chris Hemsworth. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, those pecs. Can we go back to talking about Let's his give pecs? give a moment of silence for those that pecs. Moment where you're just like, can you imagine that point where you're like, just put your hand on it and you can just feel the nipple become erect under you your know palm. you know i wonder mm. when people and you go like do i like this i am i jealous I, or am i liking this in a different way uh i would just like it altogether you uh, think? like yeah okay. i think we're like yeah and it just makes sense he would be like yeah sure now uh, imagine that same thing with ernest board nine standing in front of you and you're like putting your hand on his pecs and you're like uh, his pecs i mean they're still pecs his horror boobs <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, we both really like this, I yeah. think. Hey, Kino, oh, yeah. Kino Lerb put this out. There's not a lot of extra here. It's an original theatrical trailer for Mar- uh, Marty. There's a commentary, which is brand new for this, recorded by journalists, authors. Brian, by the corpse of Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> no, by uh, Brian Reisman and Max Irvi- uh, Every. Uh, which is a lot of information about this. These guys were like, oh, we're gonna, this is our shot. We're going to do this. You know? Okay, you get Marty. This is one of those films I've had, like... All right, so I have this list of films I should watch mm-hmm. that I keep updating, and this was like almost at the bottom of when I first started making this list. Of oh like, wow! Oh yeah, I encountered it somewhere on a website, and I was like, "Yeah, I should see this at some point." Shit, this thing got fucking like a ton of awards, and I love Ernest Board Nine. Yeah, and I just like forgot about it, and then I saw this come up in Kino Lorber's list, and I was like, "Wait, 
that sounds familiar. I was like, let me go check my list. That was my kids. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the one. And sure enough, this does, in fact, really ultimately deliver. It is a really cool little weird film for the time, for weird sure. Weird for it. it oddly progressive, uh, but like regressive for today's standards, of course. But like, I, I see how at the time it was just like, hey, fat guys need some love, too. And like, they should feel better about they, themselves. And also, they you do, know, in fact, need some love. too. They need some love, too. Especially if you're kind of gothy and have big tits. More cushion for the pushing, yeah. if you know what I mean. I mean, I'm talking from other people's perspective. I, that's not me. May I go down a little thing real quick? Because I talked about this with Bo the other day. This uh, is something that I is always this like been a thorn in my side for since I was a kid. Remember that movie or the movie, uh, the TV show, the weakest link. Yeah. Yeah. You're you the weakest, the weakest, the weakest link. link. Yeah. Okay. Well, one, I'm going to prove that she's the weakest link because there was a question. I remember I'm watching it randomly one time and she asked a question like, what is the shortest title for a, an Academy award uh, winning best picture? Babe, babe did not win best picture. But oh no, for specifically best picture. Best best okay, best yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Best picture. And the person was like, bah, uh, and said and Marty. It said Titanic. And she's like, Nope, sorry, it's Rocky, which also is five letters as well. But they're both fucking wrong. You know what the best picture, the shortest title is? Gigi. G-I-G-I. Uh-huh. That she's wrong. She's fucking she's the weakest link, goddammit. It, it should have been canceled right after that. Dude, I would sue. I would that person. sue. I would sue. I'd be like, no, this is factually wrong. I mean, cr- technically, I was incorrect with Titanic, but you're wrong too. <laughs> Titanic is pretty close. Now we're going to move on to my pick of the week because, oh my God, I love- We're already the- getting to the pick of the week. I'm just going to say, I love Devil in the Blue Dress so much. Dude, I- I think it's a flat out masterpiece of a film. I think this is my pick of the week too. Yeah, I mean- Because this- like, I- I did not know anything about this, really. and I, I'm so pleased that you didn't. I really did not. You got to just discover this. Yeah, and I was like, why in the f- holy fuck? Why isn't everyone you know told you about this repeatedly? That, and also, why is Denzel Washington not doing more noir movies? Why aren't there more films about this character? There's like 18 books in the series by author Walter Mosley. Oh, this wow, was really? the first book in the series about this character. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, no, no, I know. And you're like, you could have a fucking, fr- he could have been like the new fucking James Bond, but in America. Like a film noir, like Philip Marlowe, but with a black character, yeah. E. Rollins. Uh, he's just this fascinating character. It takes place in the late 40s, this one, but as the series goes on, it goes into the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Ezekiel Easy Rawlings. And it's Denzel Washington, very young Denzel Washington, because this came out in 1995. Man, this shit, Criterion put that, when I saw that Criterion was putting this out, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm so happy because I've been saying for years, this is a film that deserves someone to give this the respect that it is due. Yeah. Because I think this is one of the greatest noir films ever made. I would agree. I'm going to leave that there. Oh, okay. I was waiting. I would agree. I, I think this was incredible. Uh, I could not believe that this is like all the twists and turns is like that it took and, um, and it's, it's still kind of like low key in a lot of ways, but yeah. like the, everyone in it is fantastic. Denzel, I have an affinity for Denzel Washington. Yeah. I like, I, I grew any up sane person would any Denzel. Uh, and 
Denzel, Denzel Washington, I grew up watching him in glory. Yeah. And so like Denzel Washington can make me cry like in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, my definitive Denzel film is a rare one. It's Fallen. Jesus Christ. I love Fallen right. so fucking Thanks, much. Thanks, guys, for listening. When was the last time you watched Fallen? I don't know because it's not that great. It's incredible. It's not. As I was saying, <laughs> the time I almost died. <laughs> I'm sorry. That film is like it could be a lot better. That film is like just below seven. I'm just saying. What? Yeah, it's so oh good. My God. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this one. 1948, <laughs> Los Angeles. Easy Rollins, Denzel Washington. He's been laid and off. Carl Franklin directed this. Who okay. Is okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Let me get to this. All right. So uh, he's been laid off from his job. He's like, "Fuck! I own a house." He's a black man. 1948 who owns a house and a car, and he's like, "I cannot. I can't just sit around. I need to." You know, I need to get a job. This. Uh, and his friend introduces them to this guy, uh, uh, played by Tom Sizemore, DeWitt Albright, who is like his friend who uh, who runs the bar he hangs out at. Is like, yeah, I'm uh, looking for this missing white woman, and I'll pay you an incredible amount of money, way more than you're used to getting paid to do this. And he's like, I'm not exactly a private detective over here. What are you doing? Uh, spoiler, over the length of the series, he does officially become a private detective. He does? Oh, yeah, yeah. He fully oh. on, full on gets his private detective this, license this, and this, everything. Oh, this is yeah. such a missed opportunity. <laughs> like, all of this is so good. I know. Uh, and she has this like very wealthy fiance who was part of the mayoral race in Los Angeles who had dropped out of it when she disappeared. And he's like, oh, I'll pay all this money. And this is totally sympathetic. And you're like, it's Tom Sizemore. He's probably not a good guy. Yeah, he's generally not a good guy. But he's like, yeah, here's the thing about her. She's a white woman who liked the black meat. So she is going to probably be, you want to check out some of the juke joints as it were and check this thing. So he's like going through all his like old connections. Like he's not, he's trying to distance himself from the days where probably he was a little bit more of a bad boy. You Mm -hmm. know, he's like, Mm -hmm. I partied a little bit too much and now I'm trying to live the straight and narrow, you know, but like he has to go back and connect with some of his old friends and some little shady places. And of course, everything is not as it seems. And then the LAPD also gets involved. And guess what? They're racist. And you know, guess what? Uh, Mostly everyone is racist. Uh, and this is that's the, like, the backdrop of the whole story. The yeah. film. No, let me tell you, my favorite fucking thing about this film isn't Jennifer Beals, who I love Jennifer Beals, yeah. uh, who plays the woman in question he's looking for. It's Don motherfucking Cheadle, who's like in his like twenties, <sighs> who plays this guy who feels like Mouse. Is, who's is this really the first book in this series? Because it feels like this is not the first book. Like there's been a previous book we missed. Yeah, because you get a backstory or like a sort of a back flash uh uh, a flashback back flash jesus christ yeah we yeah, have too much meant. rye yeah uh, <laughs> not uh, me uh, <laughs> i don't drink <laughs> well a little bit of flashback of him with mouse uh of them just getting in a really bad situation and some people are commenting and like hey i remember you killed your stepdad or something like that and don, like, don Cheadle was your fucking crazy high school friend uh but who you like grew up together and would do anything for you dude but like you're like fuck i can't hang out with that guy he gets me in trouble every single time he's, but he's fucking uh, he's uh joe pesci in, in goodfellas he's good joe pesci in goodfellas right but he's insane and he'll do anything and you have to fucking constantly keep an eye on him because he'll do the wrong thing but that dude will help you bury all the bodies yeah he was just uh, like oh sorry i killed him he's like why'd you way, do that he's in the series of books all the way to the end 
Really? Yeah, yeah. He's in it the, all the way through. I kind of want to read these books. I know. They're, I do they're, too. they're really good. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. can you buy a box out of these? I kind of <laughs> want to read these. This is so good. Yeah. Oh my god. It's it's really fun and uh and Denzel Washington is just God damn. I forget the like when he is acting the shit out of something, mm-hmm. even like just such an early age is like it's like it's uncanny like anything else you ever seen before and you again like we were talking about like oh my god i'd love to read these books and also it is such a missed opportunity not to see him do the rest of the series it's insane they never made another one but like i get it because they're just like well he's not he's not denzel washington yet and audiences weren't exactly flocking to uh 40s neo-noir adaptations right. starring b- almost entirely black people. Right. You know. Now, the uh which is a crazy thing to think about is that he's already won a fucking Academy Award yeah. uh for Glory as best supporting actor and uh not even close to his best film. Well, I, I think I Glory, mean it's a good film. Glory's not even close to his best film. Yeah, sure. Uh and that I, would be Fallen. Oh my god. Uh but um <laughs> The, I didn't tell you about the time I almost died. Oh my god, <laughs> damn it! Uh, but I think the um, if you like like L.A. Confidential, if yeah. you're kind of oh, like totally L.A. Confidential, yeah, if you're yeah. into even like a little bit of Usual Suspects, but a little bit more just like downtrodden, you would love this movie. Like this is so much fun and engaging. And uh, even though there's not like a lot of like shoot 'em ups and things like that, it's just like a total mystery. It trip. does happen though. It does happen. It's it here. Does, it's here, but like it, it's not like you know, extreme or anything like that at all. No. But uh, yeah, it, it's such a fucking blast of a movie. It's so good, and, and it's on 4K, and, and it it's looks incredible glorious. looking. It looks glorious. So I love Carl Franklin because he, of course, is the done, director. The dar- right. director has done a lot of uh, the uh, the wire. And uh Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't wire. Oh, that makes sense actually. Yes. That follows. Yeah. I can see that. Uh and uh but I did watch a little bit of the uh one and of the And the Incredible Hulk. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, okay. Um anyway, I like most of his things that he does. Um, but I did watch a, an interview on the on the criterion between him and Don Cheadle, because he and Don Cheadle knew each other way, way, way back in the day, and like he got Don Cheadle to do mouse. And uh, they're like that character, and like Don Cheadle was like, I don't know if I'm right for this. I would like, watch this... a spinoff just about him. Oh, totally! Yeah. Like such a good character, dude. I'd like. All right, so the books go decades into their life together uh, until like by I think by the end they're kind of old. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, man! Just do one of the later books. Like come back, Don Cheadle and Denzel Washington. Them to come back and do one of the later books. Jeez, you know, dude. do it like here's a sequel that takes place 25 years later. You know, it's a, they're so good in this. this Every, is, everyone in it is good. I mean, absolutely. We haven't even gotten to the last movie, but come on. This is the pick of the week, right? Oh, yeah. There's yeah. another movie. Yeah. Uh, but I, this I is, ran out of my Blu-rays. This is a 4K. It looks terrific. As I said, there's an archival audio commentary with the director that was recorded in 1998 going through it. Uh, there's a, a another on the Blu-ray disc uh, that's there as well. But there's uh, a new program with Don Cheadle and Carl Franklin. It's yes. so cool when they get the actors to come back. Yeah. Because that happens so rarely for yeah. a lot of this stuff. But they got Cheadle to come back and talk about it. Um, That's what uh, I watched. Excuse me. That's your fault. Uh, oh, my. Uh, Attica Locke and Walter Mosley is a new program with the author who is still alive. 
because these are relatively these are not like old like this feels like something that was from the time of like raymond chandler or something right but right. it is not really it's more yeah. like james elroy it's more like, i think it, i, I want to say it's like 80s oh wow really huh. um no, 1990 is when he published the first novel in this series. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know, and it doesn't feel like it at all. It's such a good capture of that time period. Yeah. So they have uh, uh, him on here uh, talking about the film adaptation of this and the genre in question with novelist and critic Attica Locke uh, that was recorded for Criterion this year. Uh, Noir City, Chicago, which is footage that was shot before and after a screening of it in Chicago uh, in 2018 with film noir expert Eddie Muller and Carl Franklin, director. Uh, there's Don Cheadle's screen test for this. Ooh, I, I didn't know. watch that. Yeah. No, this is a really incredibly. This is one of my favorite criterions in quite some time. Super psyched. But we're going to have to finish this up with a film that y'all are probably, uh, we've already talked about on the site, but you haven't, which is Lightyear, which is Pixar's latest uh, film that people shit on way too hard. I'm sorry. They shit on way, way too hard because it's okay. It's good. It's I, good. It's I ha- fine. I have to admit, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I. it's fine. I, 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 I enjoyed it. I thought that like the, because the, when, when Lightyear was... Uh, announced and I was like, "How the f- what the fuck? Like, what? How is this going to be? The fuck the fuck? How the fuck the fuck? Like, this, wh- this how is this going to work?" And uh, <laughs> all the kids are like, "Well, what is Wright and Chris going to talk what about with Lightyear? The, what, is, what do they think about Lightyear? Mommy, what is the fuck the fuck? Listen, mean? you fucking kids, this is what Lightyear is. But I loved right out of the gates. It tells that in 1995. I was talking about this with uh, uh, actually Eric. Uh, I was like, wait. It says that this is the movie that Andy watched in Toy Story 1995 that made him love Buzz Lightyear yeah, I was and like, got the bullshit, toy. You would have the cat toy. Well, well true. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also that means they, wow, movies in 1995 in their world are fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a really cool movie for 1995. Uh, and so uh, I, uh, I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was actually okay. There's nothing wrong with it. No. I think people wanted it to be like, all right, so Toy Story 3 was like next level awesome. T- One good. of the best Pixar films ever. Toy Story 4 was like, this is better than it should be, but we didn't want it. No one no one wanted it. Yeah, but I, I remember going- But it was, like, it's okay. I was like, this is not bad. Or, this is actually pretty good, but I, I still wish it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know? This is the weakest of the Toy Story series, but that being said, it's not really the Toy Story series because of that idea yeah, that yeah. this isn't part of that. It's like, oh, what if there was a film that that why is the reason why he liked Buzz Lightyear? Which Whatever. is a, it's a really which it's, is the it's, weakest argument for a spinoff of a series ever I mean, made. Sure, but, but it's uh, also it's it's an interesting idea. I like how it, like that's how they made it like that's how they talked about it it's a weak argument come on but it's like the fifth film in a franchise and they're like this is all we got (laughs) well it also because i mean i'm not criticizing the film in and of itself because just just that it exists but then again you can again argue the same thing with toy story 4 we're just like well 
why yeah. does it need to exist? And the same thing was like, were people clamoring for an origin story Buzz Lightyear? Yeah, uh, I guess like, someone I, was. I guess, but like they did it and they made it work and it was actually okay and fun. And Dude, I see people, I don't even mean critics, I mean just general people who I'm like, would feel like would watch this and go, yeah, at the worst, it was okay. Going like, fuck this movie. And I'm like, what were your expectations here exactly? Because there's nothing really wrong with this at all. No, no, it was actually it it, was pretty cute and fun. and Definitely not on the high end of Pixar films, like no question. But sure. like, it's fine. It beats most films by DreamWorks Animation or anything That's like true. that, you know? And I, I like the, the uh, existential uh, question that it starts to ask about itself uh, towards the end with like the villain. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's interesting that they would I mean, talk I saw about it that. coming from a million miles away. But... You did? Oh, totally. Well, there, there's a point when something happens, what, Zerg is in it, uh, and when Zerg does something, I was like, okay. Let's not forget again, look, it is not the end-all be-all of the quality of a film that you as a person can predict the way that things are going. Sure. It doesn't mean the film is broken because you figured it out, yeah. you know? There's no need to go around bragging that I figured it out before anyone else, so therefore it sucks. You did figure That's out body, body, body. Really, the yeah, I did. I, the, the reason that sucks because I figured it out is because the it's a terrible fucking plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I thought it was fun, and the animation was great, and uh, and Chris Evans's Buzz Lightyear was actually uh, not shabby. I was ready. I like ton done with what's his name? Tim Taylor, whatever his name is. Tim Tim Story? No, no, no. The guy plays him in the Toy Story film. Oh, Tim Allen. Allen. I'm like, no, fuck you, Tim Allen. You Trump supporter, get out of here. Oh, dude, yeah. Disney Plus has gone uh, <laughs> double down on him because uh, he's doing the new uh, Santa Claus movie with them. Is he really? Oh yeah, they're all back, baby. I'll be watching that. But anyway, I love Chris Evans. I wish I could hug him. I just wish I could. I wish, hug I, him. wish I could fondle him. Not, not even in a sexual way. I just want to hug him. And oh, go. I do. No, that's Chris Hemsworth you're thinking of. No, I'm thinking of Chris Evans, too. Man, we are the most gay heterosexual guys <laughs> in the world. <laughs> All those Chris's. <laughs> Maybe we're trying to work oh, some you're shit Chris out. Oh, you're Chris, too. Maybe like, we're working oh, some yeah. shit out, is all I'm saying. Yeah. See, um, in digital noise, we're working shit out. See, not attracted to Evans, but attracted to who he is as a person. I'm like, you're a good guy. I just want to let you know you're a good guy. I wanna, he's one of those guys you want to pull aside and go, thank you for being such a good guy. Like, Thank you for being a good guy. Thanks, Chris. Me. And he's like, Heil Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would not be like that. Anyway, there's a lot of great voices in there. Uh, Kiki Palmer, Peter Stone, Taika Waititi, uh, uh, James Brolin, Uzo Aduba. But honestly, the best thing about this film is the cat. Let's be honest. Peter Sound? The cat is the best thing. Peter Sound as Socks, the robotic cat, yeah. who's his companion. Like, even people I know who don't really like cats were like, oh, you're like, hands down, that's the best part of this film. Yeah. Is that I, I was getting slightly annoyed every now and then when he was like, meow, 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 meow. I'm like, okay. Yeah, they pushed it too far. A little but, bit. But the, the re reoccurring joke they had where the guy has like, the cat has super incredibly deadly weapons built into him, and he's like, he would do it, and like, go, what? <laughs> uh, the, the part when he's coughing up a hairball, and it's a lighter, it's like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah. And that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a cat funny. There's some funny shit in here. There's I'm some funny just, shit in here. I can't figure out what people think is hateable about this I movie. I don't know. I watched it uh, the other the other morning, just like all the way through. I was like, this is utterly delightful. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with this. It's just not one of Pixar's best. No, it's not Which, the best. We're talking about Pixar. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, no, not one of Pixar's best is still better than most animation companies, except for, you know, Studio Ghibli. But most animation companies output. You know, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, it's I, good. I I kind of dug it. Yeah. I I, I, did, I will rewatch it. I can definitely see my. You know what? You know what got me is that uh, it actually made me tear up. Did you really? I didn't. Feel I that. did it. I when uh, his light years character was saying uh, goodbye to somebody, and I was like, "God damn it!" Uh, that kind of got me choked up a little bit. I'm just. Listening to you say this, I'm just picturing Chris Hemsworth's balls on your forehead. Right oh, they now. were just like sitting on your well, the, forehead. Well, the the sweat from his balls were my tears, just dripping down. <laughs> <laughs> they're <laughs> they're sweaty balls. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm just saying that seems like your thing here. It would be my thing. All right, uh, there are a bunch of deleted scenes, including an introduction by the director here. Um, a bunch of featurettes that are, you know, kind of the usual Pixar stuff. There's nothing big and surprising here. There's audio commentary with the director, the writer, and the director of photography. Although, come on, why wouldn't you do a commentary with the actors here? This charming group of actors. Like, get the actors. Well, they did all, they've been doing the, the press uh, run like crazy with Chris Evans and Taika Waititi. And they're yeah. just like, they've been all over the place. But also, it's funny. I was like, where the fuck is Kiki Palmer? Because I know she's probably doing shit with like uh, Nope and yeah. everything. But like, goddamn, like she is fucking fantastic in this too. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. This is deeply underrated. It's not fantastic, but it's pretty fucking good. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. 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 You guys shut up with your wine. What is wrong with you guys who are like, it's not absolutely the best thing I've ever seen, so therefore it's garbage. I'll say this for you, okay? Our fans... Same people talking shit about Bullet Train, where I was just like, shut up. I didn't see Bullet Train yet, but all our fans of Digital Noise who do not like Lightyear, fuck you. That's a little far. No, no, I'm only seeing that from me. Oh, okay. Half of this show. (laughs) So let us know how you feel about right. (laughs) Well, that's it for this week. And we already said our pick of the week. It's Devil oh, in the we? Blue Dress. Yeah, it's Devil in the I Blue mean, Dress. I mean, no question Devil in the Blue Dress. I mean, a very close second Hill High. No, not a very close. For me. Like, distant, distant fifth. Hey, all the fans of Chris on the show. Necrophiles. Fuck you. Necrophiles is a, is a Jesus close Christ, second. no! Is it not? No, not at all. I'm so shocked. How did we get here? How did we get here? How did we get to here? <laughs> With all the episodes of Trash in the Can. Oh, God only knows. 